welcome to another episode of Dad Hammer Bolters and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David, the War Boss, and I'm joined by the most generic Space Marine in the Imperium once again, Mr. Medicaid Steve. Steve, how we doing? Great, Dave. Uh, just, you know, out there doing the Emperor's work. trying. You sound to a little tired. <laughs> you sound I, you a little know. rough, man. <laughs> it's You're doing too work. much work, Steve. He's, he, the Emperor asked a lot of us, man. And, you know, we got this, like, warp-infused allergy season going on. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome, too. Yeah, it's killing me. It's killing my throat right now. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta say. But uh, it's that's why it's important to stay hydrated. And that's what yeah, I'm doing right man. now. <laughs> well, we have a, a great show for you. We're going to talk once again about... Warhammer 40k 10th edition that is continues to be all the rage at least for us. I mean, there's not a much not much rage uh, with us uh, dad folk around, but we're going to talk about the 10th edition rules changes that we're excited about. Continue that conversation. We'll also talk about Warhammer Fest. It's coming up for those um, that aren't aware. It's a Warhammer Fest Nerd Fest. It's a combination of all crazy announcements annually for games workshop where they announce all the cool stuff that's coming up this weekend so we'll talk about our hopes for what will be revealed there and how some of those things that are um, talked about may change our game strategies and obviously there's just we're trying to predict the future here but we'll still discuss it and uh, we have multiple lovely selections for our featured segment unnecessary crap i just bought and uh, I've actually got a, a couple that I'm really excited to talk about. And uh, I know you do as well. Oh, yeah, um, no shortage. But, uh, but first, the most important part of every Dad Hammer podcast is what we're drinking. Steve, what are you drinking? I am very interested to hear about this one. So we're going with the Woodford Spire. Uh, mm. We're going to call it the Spire Tyrant since we're staying with the little Warhammer theme. Um it's more of a war cry, but hey, it'll do, man. You it's know, it's war-ish. Hard, yeah, you know, after a hard, long day of slaying and, you know, killing for whatever dark god they tend to, you know, aspire to, um, this is a nice, refreshing drink. So I'm going to give the proper proportions, but I tend to eyeball it like a lot of my life. Um, so it's one and a half ounces of bourbon, your choice, whatever you like. Uh, 1.5 ounces of cranberry juice, two ounces of lemonade, and two or more ounces of unsweetened tea. And this is optional. If you go on the Woodford site, it doesn't mention the tea, and I've had it both ways. Um, the tea is nice, so if you're outside in the pool or whatever, you can kind of put a little more bourbon in it, and it's <laughs> more of an outdoor drink then. But, you know, man, I you do you. I don't know what to tell you. But it's yeah, nice. You, it, it's a you good put, drink. You put too much bourbon in it and you just stay outdoors. I mean. <laughs> may fall in the pool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like this. No, it's uh, wonderful. It, it's a nice, nice, refreshing drink. Yeah, I like this theme. You know, this is the the second drink we've had is um, intentionally or unintentionally has been very summery, very outdoorsy, refreshing. I like the juice added to it. I'm not a straight bourbon guy. I usually have to add something to it to to make it truly enjoyable to me. But the Spire Tyrant, yeah. I, like, I like the name too. That's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. Very Warhammer theme. Well, excellent. Cheers, sir. Cheers, um, man. 
I am drinking, uh, I'm you know, from Tennessee, so I am drinking a beer tonight called Yeehaw IPA, and very appropriately uh, named, it says a fine southern beer, but my favorite part of this is the slogan on the side of the can that says, you'll say it when you drink it. <laughs> so Yeehaw. <laughs> Is this like exactly. the Leroy Jenkins of beers? That's exactly, um, and it's a uh, it's a it's a pale ale. It's very good, and if you like IPA, it's very citrusy. Made in Nashville, and um, yeah, I've I've had Yeehaw beers before, and the Yeehaw IPA is really good. So, and the the can comes in in the black and white, kind of the whole Johnny Cash thing. Oh, that's cool. Which is very on brand. So, yeah, I'm I'm very much enjoying it. So you enjoy your Spire Tyrant. I shall enjoy my delicious Yeehaw beer. Bottoms and, uh, up. Bottoms up. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, man. Well, let's get into some news here. Um, the continuation of 10th edition is you know, front and, front and center in our minds. And um, we covered several things last episode, but... Mm-hmm. This uh, recent one, I wanted to talk a little bit more about vehicles, specifically tanks. Um, they came out with this article on uh, Warcom, and um, you know, I I don't really have a ton of tanks. I do play Space Wolves. That's my only Space Marine chapter that I have, and you know, Space Wolves aren't they're very melee heavy. Um, we've got you know the the actual wolves and. And we've got a, a dreadnought or two, and that's really cool. But I, I never really took a tank or any kind of real transport. So it, but now that I've seen some of these rules, and you know, one of the things that's come out here is that the toughness on all tanks and, and vehicles in general, but tanks specifically, the toughness is going going up. I mean, yeah. very very high up into I saw one where uh, the Stompa goes up to I think toughness fourteen. Um, the, the orc stompa now the orc stompa is still, you know, the, the gigantic grandma. That's what it looks like. It's like a grandma, an orc grandma in a skirt. (laughs) Granny hugs. Oh man. I, and I I love the orcs. They're they're my first army, but I just can't, they, they gotta redo that model. Um, it's only a hundred bucks, you know, from what I've seen, but Man, I, I can't bring myself, even with all of the Forge World stuff where you can add cool weapons and everything to make it look more orky, I guess. Yeah. It still looks like a grandma. <laughs> it's hard. It looks like the um, syrup bottle. Oh, see, that's not cool, man. Like I now I can't was... get that out of my head. <laughs> I know. I didn't mean to hurt you like that, but it does. It's kind of <laughs> well, I'm not going to buy Mrs. it, you know. Mrs. Buttersworth. Oh, geez. Now, and well, <laughs> as much as they're really trying hard to go after the Orc Stompa with their 14 toughness, um, unless they redo the model, I will not be putting that on the table. However, out. yeah, uh, however, they do have, uh, they started talking about the, the different gladiators, the repulsor, uh, the rhinos. And so, Steve, what are your thoughts on, on some of these tanks and the toughness going up really high? So, I really like it. I mean, you know, like we talked on the last time, my army doesn't use a lot of tanks necessarily in older Dark Angels lore. And I don't know if it's still canon or not. You know, they used to have six wings and one of them, and don't ask me to 
give you the name because I can't remember right off. But their whole deal was roll in with heavy armor kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, the you have the Deathwing, which are Terminators, and the Ravenwing, which are bikes and speeders. But there was a whole nother uh, one of six wings that uh, just dealt with armor. And, and that was pretty cool. So I don't know. Maybe they'll bring that back with some of the new Dark Angel lore. Yeah. Um, it'll make it really interesting to play those. And, man, I do like tanks. Uh, I just never – I never gave them a second thought until now. And I think well, it's pretty cool. I mean, I mean the, and they, to me, they've never been that uh, appealing. They look super cool on the yeah. on the tabletop. And I'm looking at the the article here with the pictures and – of course, they're throwing more of the crater terrain in there, which looks just all. I mean, I'm a, I'm a sucker for terrain, and yeah. uh, I'm glad that they're actually bringing back what looks to be, anyway, from the picture, uh, more of the the crater terrain officially from from GW. So I'm I'm excited about that. But um, you know, the the thing with tanks is that you could you put a bunch of your your infantry guys in there and you cart them up the field. But, uh, I was always worried about the tank blowing up because the toughness right. and the, the defense on it, especially after you take a few wounds, it gets worse. And now they are essentially, I mean, they're, they're kind of removing that. They don't, they don't degrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll just be a couple of penalties to their hit rolls, but it's not as, you know, you don't, you don't slow down. Right. And, you know, I'm a little back and forth on that because I'm thinking if if you're in a tank and, you know, half of it is severely damaged, are you going to be rolling at the same speed? I mean, I guess potentially. Potentially, you know. but I think you should have to. I, I, I didn't mind the, the slowdown me- mechanic very much. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind the mechanic. What I did mind was having to refer back to a table um, again. Yeah, because you, you forget. Uh, well, yeah, and we're old, and we forget just about <laughs> everything oh, that comes. Because you know the dreadnoughts are like that, like you know the the big dreadnought I have, and mm-hmm. after you get a certain number of wounds, they can only move so much, and um, yeah, and then I think I could forget every time we've played it. Yeah, um, but I mean, I uh, I'm excited for tanks to come back. Um, I'm still very interested to hear more about how that's actually going to play. We haven't. You know, still learned a lot about all of the the nuance, which is where 40k really, you know, any of the Warhammer games, but 40k specifically, where it really comes alive is all the nuance and movement and mm-hmm. the strategic element to that. So I'm interested to hear more. Um, but anytime they post these pictures up here, I always get excited and start thinking about, oh man, I need to buy all this stuff. So that's well, going to be a problem. It's going to be interesting though, because I mean, they're obviously pushing the space marine stuff right now because that's your poster yeah, boy, right mm-hmm. but i mean votan they have some pretty mean machines already i would be interested to see what that does to like that what is the hecaton land raider is that land right? fortress let's get land it right fortress. oh sorry that's a judgment <laughs> token right there you get at least four judgment tokens and now i just i, I don't even have to roll i just automatically hit and wound and you know I, I, I saw an article not to tangent too much i saw an article the other day where or a video i think it was an auspics auspics tactics and um the title of the video is that what which army do you hate playing against Oh, really? And they had a picture of the Votan on there along with a couple others. And I just thought, you know, I I don't mind being the army that everyone doesn't like to play against. 
that's uh, not such a bad thing. Yeah, but maybe that's just because I, I don't mind being annoying <laughs> you know, yeah, to, but, to other mean, people. But man, if you if if that ruins your game because you don't like the army you're playing against, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I don't I don't like playing against Thousand Sons because of all the psychic abilities. But okay, now now that is changing, of course, because previously you just sit there and they're the psychic face, and whether I'm an orc player or not. I'm sitting there and I do my one little, you know, magic spell and and then I just put my dice away and I just wait, you know. Yeah. And but when the the Thousand Sons uh one of our friends comes up and starts rolling all of his dice and his umpteen psychic powers, ugh, you know, I've been glad that's changing, but um that was always an annoying army to play against. I mean, you know, to each their own, of course. Yeah, true. Well, anyway, we'll have to see more um about the tanks and vehicles. Um I'm looking forward to it and we will learn more, I'm sure, in the in the near near future. Um, let's switch over now to uh, the other the other topic around tenth edition is something that I think is well, I think it's been in a previous edition, and that is the fact that leaders or characters are okay. now really important, and they we even got the the epic epic heroes and yeah i think they're uh, they're trying to now attach those leaders and the named characters to units where you're not just a, a lone guy out in the middle of the f- battlefield you know hovering around a unit you're now kind of attached to that yes. that those troop units um I'm, I'm really really glad they, they did that and i'm interested to see what kind of mechanic and how that's going to play out on the tabletop um you know i to me when you've got a, a captain or, a, or, you know, or even a, a war boss, as it were, with orcs, I always like the idea of them being attached to a group of orc boys, for example, you know, a large band of orc boys, and he's leading them into battle. But, you know, in ninth edition, eighth edition, thematically, you didn't really get any kind of, it was cool, but you didn't get any game buffs to it. Right. You know, maybe a couple, but he never felt like part of the unit. So, um, you know, are, are you are you thinking about maybe with uh with your dark angels how that's going to play out with with some of the named characters along with your units um definitely i i've been very guilty of not using my hq units to their fullest potential um i tend to get locked on the well this guy is like a beast in melee or he has excellent shooting skills or you know exceptionally you know lethal and i forget that he's supposed to be leading the other units. So, you know, there are, you know, they have a lot of um, actual pretty good buffs in the Dark Angels um, codex and stuff for all these leaders and things, but I forget to use them because I end up Mm -hmm. letting him kind of wander off on his own and, you know, use him as a big hammer and not stick him with the unit that he's supposed to help. And, you know, in ninth, I feel like, your regular run-of-the-mill infantry space marine, they're not, I and mean, they have two wounds, but they're not incredibly durable. I feel like they die faster than I thought they would. Um, but if you're not really helping them out with those re-rolls and invulnerable saves, because, you know, the whole inner circle stuff, they got great mm-hmm. invulnerable saves and all kinds of things that kind of help that issue. And Ravenwing have, you know, very good shooting buffs if your leader is with it. But if you just kind of roll them out because you're like, wow, this guy's just really tough, I'm going to 
just punch my opponent in the face with it. Then you lose them. They die. And now your regular infantry guys are just kind of hanging out like, uh, right. what do we do now? Or, or, or worse. And what, what I've done a lot is, you know, usually through poor army selection or poor deployment where, uh, I will take a, you know, usually my psyker or uh, one of my leaders when I play Botan, it's, it's usually the, um, the high call or the, uh, the Grimnir. And I have good intentions of keeping them with the, with the troops, but I ended up just saying, well, I'm just going to park them on this objective mm-hmm. because I, I didn't take the right units to, to hold, you know, the objectives. And, and that's, you know, that's my fault, but, um, I, I still, I like the idea that there is now a reason to attach these leaders to another squad. And I'm, I'm looking at the, the rules here, the, the actual card on the website, and it says you can attach this model to one of the above units, and this is for the, uh, the Primaris Lieutenant as a leader. Mm-hmm. You can attach this model to one of the above units, even if one captain or chapter master model has already been attached to it. If you do, and that bodyguard unit is destroyed, the leader units attached to it become separate units with their original starting strengths. Well, I mean, I, we're gonna have to see how that plays, but yeah, I, I, I just like the idea of, of it theme, being themed. You know, that you I can group up a couple of guys and say, "All right, fellas, you know, let's let's roll out into the battlefield now as a as a as a team," which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, early on with the whole. Um, your lookout sir rule mm. you would end up keeping your leader behind units um which is not leading <laughs> which is not leading and it, it made it kind of hard to know what to do with them because you you wanted to keep them behind a unit so a sniper couldn't take them out say or mm-hmm. you know some lucky shot and which is great but man most of them have excellent melee skills so you got a whole unit of, you know, five or 10 or whatever you're running. You're leaving them behind. Yeah. It's hard to get them in combat. Um, and you know, space Marines with a, well, a six inch move. And then if they're in heavier armor, it's only five. I mean, it makes it even tougher. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I like it. I think it's going to force people to, um, tailor their lists a little bit better. And it's just going to look, I don't know. It's just going to feel like it looks cooler on the board, you know? Yeah, and you know we we play more of a narrative type. I mean, we're we're competitive in in our inner circle, not competitive in tournaments, but we're we're competitive enough. But we we like to have an, a narrative around why we're you know why we're playing, uh, why these two armies are facing off, and even if it's something generic. But um, you know, to your point, you know, you talked about the lookout sir rule. That's something that you know I I appreciate. I know why it was there. Right. But I'm I'm reading here, and I'm glad it's being devolved. So it says into this new system, your leader is kept safe by their bodyguards and can usually be targeted only when everyone else in the squad has breathed their last, which makes more sense. So you would yeah. you would have them attached because really, you know, if you had a squad of of intercessors or assault intercessors, for example, and you had your your main guy, your your captain, I think that's right. I don't know if I'm saying the right words, but. Um, the guy with the red helmet is that a is that a captain? I think so. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe 
Maybe the red helmets are sergeants. Maybe the striped helmets are. Well, we'll go with that. I don't know. <laughs> the, the guy with the red helmet, he's <laughs> he's the one that you would remove at the very end. Which right, um, you know, and if that applies to your your char- your main character unit, it's going to be the same type of thing. So now you've got a a real game mechanic around it, and in addition to that, um, they're saying as well that if if that squad is destroyed, for example, and you've still got that leader unit there they become a lone operative which is an ability and it says which means they can't be targeted by ranged attacks unless the attacker is within 12 inches so now you're you're giving you're giving the buffs to the squad and so now your opponent will be going after the squad take them out and now Mm. it's going to create this thematic you know battle at the end where you got to get close to the the leader in order to take him out so i i think that's just going to really create some really cool scenarios on the on the battlefield uh, tabletop where we're having to get really close, you know, at the very end after you've taken yeah. out all the troops. I agree. It's going to make you think about where you put your units. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's going to be, com- I don't know, completely different than the way we play now, but it's going to change a lot. Yeah, and I mean, I read all this stuff, and I always get excited. Uh, I got excited about 9th edition, you know, and then when it came out and we started playing, it was still very exciting, but it was very complicated still. So right. I am hoping that I'm trying to temper my expectations a little bit, but I am hoping that that things will be a little a little more streamlined this time around. But you know, ultimately, we shall see more from uh, more from Tenth Edition and more yeah. news very soon, and we'll cover it more on this on this podcast in the future. That sounds great. All right, so we'll um, pivot over now to some more talks about 10th edition, but in the form of the Warhammer Fest event that's coming up this weekend, uh, two days actually. Mm-hmm. And no, that's uh, exciting. yeah, I, very exciting. I uh, looking at the previews and, and things that are going down. So on Saturday, they're going to start out with Warhammer 40K. And okay. I have heard that they're going to do red, uh, that they're going to do demos of the new 10th edition for the people that are attending. So I am assuming that we'll get all kinds of of uh, write-ups and footage and opinions from people that have been playing and hopefully some more news and reveals on Saturday morning. So is there anything in particular that you're that you're looking forward to, that you're hoping for to see? I mean, what would what would just make your day? You wake up on Saturday morning, and you check your your feed and the news, and you see X. Like, what what would it that would just be great for Saturday for you? Entire tenth edition rules. No. Oh, just everything. <laughs> oh, just surprise. We're <laughs> dropping it this Saturday. No, uh, I mean that would be cool, but I don't think they're that crazy. Yeah. Probably um, not. You know, I'm interested to see what's gonna actually be in that box set. I'm not gonna buy it. At least I'm saying that now. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I mean, <laughs> half of it I just am not interested in. Yeah. Uh, well, that cool, you know but, of. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think what I hope is is maybe get a little info that, I don't know, I feel like in the ninth edition launch box, there were things that you still could not hardly buy even after the box was you know, launched and done and we were two years into 
yeah um ninth edition i feel like there's a few can, can you even buy a score pack lord yeah that's if, a good question I don't, I don't i don't i don't, I don't think so that. yeah so i i'm i would be tickled if they tell us like everything in the box will be individually available if you want it maybe not oh, there's no way there's no way they would do that because you they want you to buy the box right well uh, that's true that's true because I just don't need it. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, that's a lie. This is not about yeah. need. Right? <laughs> None of this in, this entire hobby is uh, defined by, you know, really we could just caption it with say, you don't need this at yeah. all. There is no justification for it. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, you, you can use this money to uh, buy groceries and to support those in need. You, you don't need this. That's but, you know. If you if you want to buy it, here it is, and we're only going to make it in limited quantities, and we're going to sell it in this gigantic box that you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so You're take my money. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm just excited to see it. So one of the things I remember about getting into Warhammer, like my friend that kind of got me into it, was like, "Hey, just go on YouTube and watch Astartes." I was like, "All right." I didn't really know much about it. And man, it's still like now that's nostalgic and that's yeah. kind of weird to say. But when you know the last Warhammer Fest was all about guilting mostly. Mhm. And uh I feel like when that launch trailer for Octarius came out, I was just like, man, I could watch that over and over and over. So I sat there, you know, just excited about Warhammer Fest because I was like I got to know more about this now because new kill teams, new, new set of rules. Cause I had the, I had the previous core book, but just never really messed with it a whole lot. Yeah. And, uh, I have that same kind of build up and feeling. I'm like, I don't, I'm not looking for anything, one thing in particular, but I'm just excited to see it. Yeah. I, I think that's generally whenever they do a, a reveal, I remember, back when I first started getting into Warhammer and they would have these previews or events and they would show off, um, you know, all the new stuff coming up. And I was always really excited about it, but um, half the time it would be for a game or, or something that, or an army. You know, when I was first starting out, I only had one army. I had like two boxes of guys. And they would show off Age of Sigmar stuff or Kill Team or, or Warcry or, or, you know, here's the new models for... Uh, chaos space marines and I just remember thinking I don't care about any of this stuff because I don't <laughs> I don't own any of those armies this is the most boring thing ever well now mm-hmm. and I couldn't understand why people are getting so hyped about it well now that I've got oh I think I've got five armies now I've got kill team I've got terrain I've read some of the books I play the video games I'm watching the Warhammer Plus series and now just about everything and I'm looking down the the previews here the schedule just about everything. I'm like, oh, you know, that'd be cool. I'd, I'm interested mm-hmm. in that. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool to be at that place, I think. Um, cool and sad at the same time because I know that I've invested a whole lot of money into, yeah. <laughs> into this plastic toy soldier hobby that we have. Yeah, but you um, know more about the hobby too. And that's, that's true. Exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to – I'm not dogging on the on my own hobby that I fully enjoy and we're creating mm-hmm. a podcast about, obviously, but I <laughs> – it's given me a lot of enjoyment, you know, the, the painting and the modeling is very therapeutic and, um, getting together and playing games and, and having a good time is, 
is is worth it. So uh, just like any any other type of nerd hobby, you know, whether Dungeons and Dragons or video games or whatever you're into, there's always a an element there that is therapy for you, and it's just something that we can enjoy together, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. Get that um, serotonin bump. There you go. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. This is this is a medical thing. It is. <laughs> this is mental health. It's the happy hormone. Yeah, there we go. Well, uh, the next, speaking of uh, additional happiness, and we'll get continue to get the serotonin bump, the rest of the day, uh, Saturday, we're talking Warhammer Underworlds, Warcry, and then Middle-Earth Middle Earth strategy game, whether it be the Lord of the Rings stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got into Underworlds. I, I prefer no. the the larger scale game. But I know you are into Warcry, even though I think you've only played maybe a couple of games, but you have a whole lot of Warcry stuff. Yeah. I have a, one of the box sets. It's the Red Harvest one. So it was, I guess it's the one right before the newest. Oh, no, there's two new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. I forget which one came out. Um, the recent one was, oh, the recent one was the one with the little Seraphon, the lizard guys. And I think the one before that was the um, the the one where they introduced that sort of swampy looking terrain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the trees and stuff and mm-hmm. the, the bridges and things. Yeah, I got really excited about the terrain. But again, I've, I've never actually played the the war cry game is very interesting um yeah but you know time is the the biggest you it know is. commodity right now where it's like oh my gosh we've we've got a we, we got a we we have a it seems like we have a ton of time and then we just don't you know after you, after all yeah and you time. have to pick your battles yeah um so war cry uh you know probably some some new war bands there maybe some new terrain which i could use for other games most likely yeah um, the Middle Earth stuff, I, I never really, you know, I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. I, I'm excited about whenever I get to see Lord of the Rings content, but I'm, mm. I'm not really big into the miniatures. I do like the, the new terrain that they're coming out with. So that, that's cool for Age of Sigmar. Actually, I was thinking about putting that on the, you know, getting some of the ruins that they have. They had, yeah. uh, I saw the big head. The yeah. Big head. Yeah. I think that's the Forge World one. So, uh, no, okay. Well, that'll be nine thousand dollars for the yeah. <laughs> for the, for the old, head. Old crumbly yeah. resin. Yeah. Well, I mean that that could be cool there. Um, and then the rest of Warhammer Fest looks like on Sunday they're going to Age of Sigmar, um, oh, Horus oh. Heresy. I'm not I'm not too big into, and then the Warhammer Old, old World stuff, which is just going to be yet another game for for me to want to purchase and and then likely not. But uh, you know, I'm I'm mostly excited. I mean, Age of Sigmar will be some cool stuff, and we'll talk about oh, yeah. some Age of Sigmar content here in a little bit. But um, I think that the focus, you know, the elephant in the room is forty is forty k tenth edition. That's going to be the big one, and I think that's why they're starting off day one with all of that. So yeah, that's like the best. You know, the best commercials in the Super Bowl are in the first half. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I usually don't. Uh, I mean, anymore, I just wait till the, you know, the commercials all show up on YouTube the, the following <laughs> day and I'm just watching them True. then, you know, the next day I'm like, whatever, I'll skip over all this stuff. Um, yeah. but it, you know, it's a big deal for a new edition. I mean, that's just yeah. exciting. Yeah. 
and they've got the countdown showing up on the website and yeah. there's hype i'm, it, I'm it's, excited it's good man that, it's brilliant marketing not a lot of things are kind of doing that you know yeah agreed well, we'll have to see, and uh, we'll we'll probably record another podcast uh, shortly after Warhammer Fest, so we can do some reactions there, talk about anything you know that that is mind blowing, um, you know, new models, new box sets, new announcements, hopefully some new rules, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll hold out, Steve. Maybe they'll come out with just the, the surprise, the the full rules dump, and we we're just kidding. We're not going to wait, and here it is. Um, <laughs> You know, I'll let you take that bet, but I, I will what? not. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a sucker bet. I don't know, yeah. man. Well, I'm excited. We'll see. Yep. All right, so let's move now into one of our featured segments. And actually one of my favorite, because we get to really banter about things, uh, is the unnecessary crap I just bought, um, yeah. which seems to be a recurring theme for us on a weekly basis, but... This is a good opportunity for us to talk through it now. And I know you recently made a trip to our local game store. And uh, I, I, will, I got a text message from you with a picture. And I'm like, oh, well, I had that, that happened. <laughs> so tell us about what you got, Steve. So I walked in and I'm, I too have become a sucker for terrain. And uh, I don't necessarily have a lot. Um, to fill up a full board necessarily I could but it's gonna be a little sparse but um, you know some of it's really expensive as we've discussed before yeah so it gets kind of difficult I'm like man do I really need oh well there's a need word uh, do I really want to spend 80 bucks on a little solo piece of terrain and uh, it's sometimes a little harder for me to talk myself into it but he started carrying this line. It's made by a company called uh, Pegasus, which I think their model company has been around for a really long time. But they're doing uh, this fantasy and sci-fi terrain. Um, it's pretty. A lot of it's modular, so that's that's kind of useful. I don't oh, know. Nice. If, I don't know. I looked at the box. I don't know how how really modular it is. It's probably going to get glued together, you know. Yeah. But um, a lot of it was very very uh close to gw's train at least in aesthetics you know mm-hmm. uh which what did i get um this is kind of like a frontier platform kind of piece so you can do multi-levels with ramps uh which i'm looking forward to because i think that'll fit in to some of the other terrain that i have it looks Will that fit like a tank or is it just uh infantry just infantry and oh, okay. I was just I was just envisioning you know the tank going up the ramp, you know. Oh, nah, it's more of a. I don't. I don't know what you would call it. Maybe like, like a, a like a watchtower or just sort okay, of okay, okay, yeah, kind of kind of something along those lines. But I think honestly, looking at it, it's probably scaled more to like twenty eight millimeter, which okay. you know our, our normal forty k stuff is. 32 you know 35 dollars that was that's a pretty good yeah but i mean if it's it's good looking terrain and it will if it's modular even if it's you know not necessarily that close Mm -hmm. less expensive than the official stuff for sure yeah and it'll be useful you know cool and it's not the and i I do not like the mdf train i just yeah i'm not i've looked at it but i'm like i'm not a fan either i i don't know It, it almost looks like um 
It looks a little too Hobby Lobby for me. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I did it for a you know my my fifth grade uh, art project, and mm-hmm. I made a I made a World War Two ruined building out of uh, cardboard. And right. you know, not to disparage, I'm sure someone likes it, but to me, it's just like I mean, if that's what you can, that's what you want to do, and that's the way you want to roll. More, more power to you. I just yeah. I'm like, well, I, I think I'll just save up for the the G- official GW terrain. It, it needs the texture and the little details. Agreed. It, it helps. Well, cool. So when can we expect to see said new terrain? Or is it still in the shrink wrap on a shelf? Uh, No, I took the shrink wrap off. Hey. Open the box to look at it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, wow. That's, that's, uh, that's step one and two. It's It's close. But you know me and my backlog, man. Okay. Pile of Who potential. Knows? Oh, I, I go in spurts too. Sometimes I'll be like, I, I can't paint another Space Marine, you know? Yeah, I feel so you. I'm like, I'll shift gears and go to some terrain or something like that. So do you, is this a, um, is this adding to the pile of potential or has the pile grown into a shelf, which has now grown into a closet, which has now grown into a side of the house? You know, where, where are we in the, um, you know, admitting that you have a problem. I'm almost at reality TV level. Cause it's, uh, <laughs> you're a, you're a hoarder. Little, <laughs> you got a little stuff here, a little stuff there. Yeah. Uh, there's really, uh, no, no super duper, um, organization system. It's all hidden away. So, you Perfect. know, at least I don't have to stay Wife approved. It. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, a reoccurring theme. I trust you, Steve. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, good luck with that. I am anxious mm-hmm. to see uh, completed terrain, and uh, I'm still envisioning the ramp. I want to, you know, I'll buy some new tank with these new rules and make up my own house rules where my Hecaton Land Fortress can, you know, go off the ramp, uh, Dukes of Hazard style, and just, you know ramp up over and, and crush. I, I like these rules that I'm making up right now, yeah. by the way. Or just knock it down and kill everybody in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perfect. I mean, let's go for uh, it. Don't worry, the Stompa with his 14 toughness will just go crush it, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And look great doing it, no doubt. A slick, slick trail of Mrs. Buttersworth syrup okay. all over okay. the board. Okay, all right. That's, that's <laughs> too soon. All right. Well, good luck with that. Um, mm. All right. I Thank will you. move over now. Unnecessary crap that I recently purchased uh, from Australia. So you know it's going to be good. I actually got on Etsy. And now that I've got multiple armies, I have lots of dice. And I am a sucker for the themed dice that they that they release. And you know, I was talking to the local Games Workshop store owner and he was just saying that they only do limited runs of these dice and then once they're gone they're gone and i didn't believe him until you know then i would try to go and and find the said dice that they released for an army a couple of months ago and now it's on ebay for three times the markup and like i'm not doing that so anyway so i've started buying dice well now i have a problem where i've got all these dice and i'm keeping them in ziploc bags so i have uh these you know armies that i have spent hundreds potentially thousands i guess at this point hours painting and on a shelf and it's all nice looking and all this work and then right next to him is a ziploc bag full of full of dice and 
I, th- I just thought, okay, time for some unnecessary purchases. And I purchased themed dice bags with the logo of the army uh, of, of choice there. So I got one for Votan, of course. So it has the yeah. uh, the Votan symbol on the front, which is a really cool logo uh, by itself. I think it's really cool. Um, and then, uh, and I'll put the, uh, the link to this uh, along with the, I think if there's a link for the terrain that you purchased and it's not local, we'll put that in the description. Um, but the, the dice bag that I have for Votan, I bought one for orcs. So it's got the orc symbol and it's, uh, you know, the, the bright green orc. And then the one for Votan was a more of a blue, I guess the, right. I don't know what you call it, or teal color kind of thing. And then uh, I have one for chaos as well. And so I got the chaos symbol on it. So now I've got these dice bags with um, the logos on them and I can put all my dice in there and they sit next there. And I, it's just, it was kind of an impulse buy and uh, off of Etsy. And now I have these dice bags. So, you know, yay me, <laughs> you know, yeah. but they I've hold all the dice. Yeah. They hold all the dice. Yeah. I, I, I got one for you as well for dark angels. Yeah. Uh, and they hold all the dice and, all the judgment tokens as well. So, you know, Great. plenty of judgment. And now you just can't see the judgment. You have to wait until the judgment comes out. And how dare you mm. play the game and perform actions? Here's a judgment mm. token. Now it's it comes out of a, of, a, of, a, of a pretty dice bag. So it's like it's, you know, it's like a Christmas time. It's a present. Yeah. It's a Absolutely. gift. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll, you'll see those on the, on the tabletop soon, I am sure. Um, and then I got one more thing. For, well, I guess it's a more of a segment here, but the the um, unnecessary crap I bought, I purchased three different items from the Citadel official tool line. Uh, well, one of them I've had for a little while, but I have it right next to it. The first okay. one is the Citadel uh, official name is a water pot, and I just call it the I don't know the paint cup. The yeah yeah it's the plastic gray thing from Citadel that you put your water in and you know, yes, you could use, uh, you know, any kind of kitchen cup or plastic cup or something, but this thing is actually kind of nice. I mean, it, it, uh, I don't really clean it out. So it looks pretty gross looking at it right yeah. now, but, um, you know, it's, it's a sturdy cup. It just holds water, <laughs> but it's not going <laughs> to tip over. It's, it's wider at the base. Um, I actually do recommend it. I, you know, whenever someone new to the hobby comes up and says, what kind of stuff do I need to buy? You know, there's tons of accessories with any hobby, but I would say the, the, the water pot as if, if you will, um, is actually kind of worth it. I, I, I agree, man. I, I have one. Um, I want it in like a little random draw over oh, at Blackthorn cool. on nice. one of these game days. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, well, that's cute. I don't know about that. Because I, I thought for a long time, I was like, I would never buy that for myself. Yeah, waste of money, Man, right? I don't know. It's the perfect size, first of all. Yep. Because um, it doesn't take up a bunch of room. And I know it sounds crazy, but those little texture bits that are molded into it. The grooves and stuff. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have nice paintbrushes that you're trying to take care of. Um, cause I have a few, I have a few sable brushes mm. and I'm really careful about how I clean them and stuff. And it, it's really good for it. And it's got the little indents on the top. You can lay the brush across and yeah, it's I, a, it, quality of life. I, I would it, say, I mean, if you're going to spend, 
hours and hours and, and on this hobby, there's little things that just add, you know, you, you just have it next to you and like, yeah, this is actually kind of worth it. Um, yeah. you know, yes, you could get by with, with less, of course, but this is why it's unnecessary. You know, you don't need this, <laughs> you but don't, it just, but it, is nice. it adds a little, a little something extra to it. So, I, I and agree. I've never, I've never tipped it over. We'll say that. Nope. Not yet. So that's a good sign. Now, I can't say the same thing about the, the, the pots of paint. Those have been tipped over multiple times. So that's a different story. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and then I've got uh, two other tools here. One is the, these are the, the newer versions of the tools from Citadel. Um, okay. I have the mold line remover, which I was just using an X-Acto knife before for the mold lines. And, you know, purists will probably cringe at hearing that, but I, I never really yeah, I cared. I just wanted to get the mold lines off. And yeah, it would, take some chunks out of the model, but, um, or I always just called that battle damage and moved on. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I've always used an X-Acto knife for it and that it did the job, but I took a chance. I got this mold line remover and I, you know, I gotta say it's, it's pretty nice. If it, it's hard to get to some of the chunkier bits on the sprue, okay. um, that, that really, you just need to get in with the, with the snippers or actually take the X-Acto knife to it. But, I'd say in general, the, the mold line remover is just a plastic file looking thing, but you can really kind of, uh, it's very sturdy. So you can put a lot of pressure on it to, to you know, scrape the mold lines off. And I never feel like I'm going to break it. I think that was the, the big thing for me is I was really concerned, you know, am I going to snap this thing in two mm -hmm. or something or with an X-Acto knife, am I going to, you know, completely lacerate all of my fingers in the in the yeah, process of trying to clean up a model, um, but no, I this thing is was twenty five dollars, so it's it's not cheap for a little stick that you use to scrape yeah. off plastic. But um, you know, would I say it's worth it? For me, yes, because it's just nice to have. Uh, I'm also a sometimes a loyalist where I buy the products and a company puts out. Um, yeah, that's reasonable. But I um, I don't know. I, I I like it. Is it worth twenty five dollars? Eh, you know, I, that's that's a little steep, I think, but I think it's it's close enough if you're looking for something to enhance your you know your hobby part of the of the equation. I, I think it's worth it. Uh, Twenty five, still a lot, you know. So if you're if you're tight on cash, maybe not. Just go buy the Exacto knife, but just be yeah, but wary you know, of your fingers. <laughs> if you have kids or you know younger hobbyists in your house that are learning yeah. and want to do it. Um, that's a great tool. They're not going to cut themselves. Yeah, for um, sure. That's a good point. I hadn't really so, thought I mean, about that. I have children. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. But I mean, I have Exacto. I, I use the back of my exact, you know, the, the non-sharp side of the Exacto blade to do more or less what the mold line thing does. But I have that starter paint set. I don't know. They were selling it and I was like, ah, that's got a good mix of paints, mm. but it's, it has the metal part. I think of what you're talking about. It's not the new version, but it's just the metal. So it's not very useful because it's kind of hard to hold. It doesn't have a handle. You right. Know? So it's right. weird. But the way the the edges are, it's it's very, I don't want to call it milled, but the the corners, while not being sharp, they're exactly sharp and fine enough to do what you need to do. Yeah. For its yeah. purpose. And the other thing this mold line, I, you mentioned, I've only used it a couple times, but the other thing this mold line remover has is a little notch on the end of it 
which looks a little weird, but you're supposed mm-hmm. to use it to scrape around the um, the bases of the models, you know, so like the circle oh. part, you know, so you could just run that around, scrape it off. I've used huh. it when I put uh, the technical paint, like the gravel stuff, yeah. um, the different types of technical paint on there when it dries and maybe some of it overlaps the, the rim of the, of the base. And I've used that, that remover to, to scrape all that stuff off really easily. So, you know, oh, cool. I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm pleased with the purchase, even though it was a little pricey, but I, I do recommend it. That's cool. One last tool uh, is the super fine detail cutters. Very lengthy. They're just the <laughs> they're just the snippers, you know, the sprue cutters. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I got these. I, I had purchased the cheapo ones originally from, um, I think I got them from Walmart or a hobby store. Just they were like the floral cutters. Yeah, exactly. Those those are fine. They worked fine, but uh, because I saw super fine detail super cutters, fine. yeah. I thought, okay, I've, I've been in this hobby now for multiple years. I might as well. And I I will say that you know, they definitely have a premium feel over my cheap plastic floral cutters that I think were like 10 bucks at most. Because <laughs> um, this thing, I think, is, I want to say $45. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know if I would recommend these. They, they have okay. a premium feel. They let you get into the, the little nooks and crannies of the sprue. And all that kind of stuff, but is it is it worth forty five bucks? Eh, you know, I think if you're getting started out and you're just starting on the hobby, no, you you right. don't need these. Um, if you've been doing it for a long time, and you know you're maybe looking to to upgrade, this is a this is a decent upgrade if you don't mind dropping the cash on it. So, I I would give this one a eh, you know maybe yeah. this is definitely in the unnecessary crap realm for sure. Well, if you get very persnickety about your, you know, your painting and your finish, uh, getting something sharp uh, like those and the the mold line remover, you know, prepping the model goes a long way as to how good your paint job may end up looking. True, true. So, you know, it's all up to the buyer. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this definitely won't make you a better painter. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, you know, I've been using it for forever, and it hasn't made me a better painter. But yeah, it does make me feel like uh, I don't know. I guess it's that feeling of okay, I've got all the the right tools now. I just have to somehow obtain the talent. But I have all the yeah. right tools, like the Ghostbusters. Right, you got the tools, and now you just gotta f- hopefully come up with the talent. And some sometimes there is something to be said about the old buy once, cry once, though. Mm. Um, and if they're expensive, but they look like they're going to last forever and you only True. have to deal with it one time, then that's not a loss really. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, uh, I like these. So I'm happy with my purchases for the most part. And, uh, although very unnecessary, still, still worth a look if you're interested. Okay. Let's now are for our final segment, we'll get into our hobby corner and I am uh, very excited because I know that you've been hard at work on a project. So let's talk about, mm-hmm. Steve, what, what have you recently finished that is, I guess, no longer part of your pile of potential? Yeah. So I had several things that um, a lot of them were just assembled and primed. And they'd been sitting around and I was working on kill teams and sort of procrastinating and didn't get those finished. And I just decided I'm, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plow through all. The, this was after the 
the um, boarding action terrain. So I had all these primed figures, and it ended up uh, being close to 700 points of, uh, of figures, which was pretty ridiculous when you look at it. So I did five infiltrators. I did... For which which um, army is this? Dark Angels. Dark, okay, 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 Dark yeah. Angels. So five Space Marine infiltrators. I did uh, five... Uh, Terminators that I had printed uh, had a file, and which was funny because I just actually printed them just to see how they worked out. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do a, try to do a decent job on painting these. And I was really happy with how they turned out. Nice. Um, I had a squad of three um, eliminators. Um, I had two outrider bikes to finish. And a Primaris Chaplain on a bike. Um, I had a Gravis Captain to to finish up. And when you say like, finish, you're talking full detail, ready ready for the table, right? Yes, correct. Okay. These are all ready for the table. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because sometimes when I say, okay, I'm finished, when really that's yeah. just... I got two coats of paint. Well, you know, no, the, these are based and the rims are painted. Awesome. I mean, they, are, they are done unless I want to go back and do some other, you know, uber highlighting and go crazy, crazy with it. Oh, give them, I, a, give them a glow up. Yeah, which, you know, I always leave a little room for improvement, right? Yeah. Uh, and three suppressors, which I don't know how they play, but... They look right. a little goofy slash cool at the same time. <laughs> I actually really like them. Well, they're definitely not. Uh, I mean, well, you, the, the rules are going about to change completely, right. of course. Um, so, you know, I don't know what would be interesting to see how they how they play in in tenth, of course. But wow, mm-hmm. still, that's a that's a pretty big accomplishment. Seven hundred points uh, oh, of, of, oh, of anything oh, oh, is quite a bit. The Invader ATV too. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not quite done with it. I'm almost done. So I'm not completely honest. But, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. It's it's not a great model. It's kind of goofy. But um, it's basically a land speeder on wheels as far yeah. as, you know, yeah. stats and stuff go with a huge, um, you know, multi-melt on it. So mm-hmm. that's cool. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I, I was just thinking, I was, I was, you know, hearing you talking about this, the 700 points and just the completion. I got this done. I got that done. This is one of the few hobbies, I think. And, uh, I, you know, I know people that have gotten to this stage with the hobby and, and done a lot. There's few things that is, are satisfying as finishing a model and saying, you know, and you know, a unit, you know, if, if it's a character or something, that's uh-huh. one thing or a big tank or whatever. But finishing a model, putting it down or putting it on your shelf and saying, this looks good, I'm done. Like, man, yeah. it, it's such a good feeling. And usually, you know, in the evenings when we've got jobs and we, we do our thing and family and uh, and then when we, we step aside to, to work on our hobby, you know, I, I always feel like I, I accomplished something. You know, it's yeah. that, uh, you know, man, I built this. I, I made this. I painted this. And it's not just going to sit on a shelf forever, unless it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible in the game. But <laughs> it's uh, it's not going to sit on the shelf forever. I'm going to put it all, pull it off the shelf, stick it on the table, and it might get blown up first turn. But that's okay, man. It sure looked cool while I was doing it. Yeah. Congratulations on your on your 700 points. I cannot wait 
to uh, snipe them off the board. Yeah. Well, I stepped outside of my comfort zone just a little bit and tried something that I've been, you know, on my mind with those, um, you know, camo cloaks. Yeah. The eliminators. I was pretty proud of how that turned those out. Those look super cool, man. Like I, I know we don't have. Uh, we'll have to put put some pictures up soon. Yeah. But the the. I don't know how, what do you describe that kind of effect? Like that digital camo kind of like technical uh, warpy effect. Yeah. Changing like, um, gosh, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm like sort of tongue tied. I don't really lost for like words. a wave. Uh, yeah. I don't, it, I don't know the, the, the correct. Material. Yeah. I don't know the correct sci-fi term for it, mm-hmm. but it's like a wave active of digital That's what I'm looking for. Active, active. Okay. Camouflage. That makes us sound a lot smarter, yeah. you know. We'll yeah. just say that, of course. Active camouflage. And thank I, you for like, correcting. I languished over how to do it for a long time, and then it—I just went for it. I was like, "Oh, well, that was way easier than I thought it would be." It looks cool, man. I mean, it, it definitely makes <laughs> them. It. It, le- it makes the models pop for sure uh, when they're on the different. table. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, congrats. Well, Thanks, speaking man. of paint. I know you got one more thing as we're we're wrapping up the show here, but you mm-hmm. you uh, you got involved with a Kickstarter um, regarding some paint. Tell us about the Kickstarter. So it's uh, I, I started following these guys I think on Instagram. Uh, they're the Grimdark Compendium, and so they are way deep into the Grimdark sort of style of painting. Uh, Maybe a little bit more than I I want to like go down because it's 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 a commitment you know but yeah. they look great um, they're very dark it's very much like some of the more uh, fan artwork or some of the old John Blanche style um, original artwork from some of the old old uh, books mm-hmm. but um, he's putting out so I started experimenting with oil washes myself just you know buying oil paint thinning it down with thinner putting it on over the acrylic paint and it just like really sucks into the cracks and crevices, but it gives you a lot of time to work with it. So you can use, um, you know, makeup applicators or whatever with a little bit of white spirit on it and just, and you can wipe it right off. So you can temper it to where you, what look you want. So you can take as much grit and grind look off that you want, or you can leave as much on as you want. Um, so it's really forgiving. Uh, it sounds really scary because you're like, ah, should I put this over my acrylic paint? But it doesn't hurt the acrylic paint. It's pretty cool. Wow, that's um, cool. What's the yeah, what's the Kickstarter again? So the Kickstarter is uh, Villainy Inks. Villainy so the guy Inks. Okay. Got this page. So he is making pre-made um, enamel washes uh, slash oil washes for this exact same purpose. Um, so you would paint them on and you, then you have time to work cause they have a slow dry time. You can kind of wipe them off or you can let it dry and then you can take, um, mineral spirits on a Q-tip, um, makeup applicator or old brush and then remove it, uh, as you want. So you can get the exact effect that you want. Nice. Um, or you can just touch it to all your panel lines and crevices and it just like, just capillary action just sucks right in. Mm-hmm. So you know how acrylic washes, they're not terribly forgiving. I mean, yeah. When you put them on, you, you have to be, you have such a short work time. So this kind of. Because they pool or, or streak mm-hmm. or whatever. And they start drying immediately. Yep, and yep. 
and you can't take them off without taking the acrylic paint underneath it off because they're the mm-hmm. same um you know thinner slash medium whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. so these being a different medium give you a lot more versatility to work so he was offering this it was a 30 dollar kickstarter um he wanted to hit his and for 30 dollars, i get three very usable colors you know i think uh sort of a a brown a black and i think this uh and a rust color so nice. with that $30 Kickstarter, I'm promised um, three 30 ml bottles of the stuff. So as you know, as cheap and I can stretch a dime as far as anybody. So <laughs> these will last me for quite some time, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm pretty excited about seeing, they probably won't be here till like October or something like that, but they'll be mixed in, in a, in a ratio of someone who knows what they're doing. Um, yeah, so that'll be and, fun. It'll be really cool. And the, the, one of the best things about, I mean, the Kickstarters are always a little bit of a gamble, right? Cause you don't know yeah. if you're actually going to go through, but, uh, for the Kickstarters that I have, I've done what I, one of the best things about them is that, um, you forget that, that you, that you funded a Kickstarter and then it's like six months later, you get a box in the mail. Like, what in the heck is this? And then you open it up. Like, oh, yeah. I oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I made that investment. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, it's almost like a uh, you put it on layaway. That's what yes. kind of what it feels like. Um, well, cool. He hit, have- he hit his initial mark so fast that he started the doing i i don't really understand because i'm pretty new to that but there were like stretch goals yeah a lot of stretch goals Mm -hmm. he was going to add more colors and he's blown past all expectations to the point where he's considering talking about um the next milestone is doing wholesale wow uh selling to you know game shops and people who want to carry the product and and then resell it so he's obviously hit got has a pretty strong following which was really cool yeah well that's cool y'all have to show um show some pictures and yeah and let us know how that goes that's exciting well congrats on your kickstarter funding just don't forget you know maybe in october you're like oh yeah forgot forgot about that <laughs> don't, go, don't go out and buy them <laughs> <laughs> just don't like can you can you double fund a kickstarter you open up a different yeah. account like oh man i'm sure he wouldn't mind yeah probably not Okay, well, uh, that with that last uh, segment, that will wrap our show uh, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Medicaid Steve. I appreciate your time and your attention and your uh, delicious cocktail recipe. I'm, yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you to this Yeehaw beer that I drank, which is the proud sponsor of this show. Not really, it's just I, I drank it. Um, Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Not, right not likely uh but it was delicious um thank you steve i am the war boss and we'll see all of you next time on the next episode of dad hammer cheers steve cheers david <laughs>